Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Catalyst Podcast. Cheers. I am so excited that you're here and you've been listening and subscribing and I deeply appreciate all of you. We've had some amazing conversations as together we are redesigning healthcare with more creativity and less burnout. So as I was planning for this 100th episode, it feels so momentous. And of course, I had a little bit of paralysis by analysis wondering what would we want to talk about? I envision these podcasts as both a coffee chat as well as kind of just a love letter from me to you on how we can break through the dark side of healthcare, the dark times that we've suffered together and onto the other side. I truly believe there's a renaissance coming. And if you're a close listener, you probably know that I really do love technology and AI, especially. I do believe that can hold a key for our freedom for healthcare. But today, rather than get really nitty gritty on some of those esoteric topics, I wanted to talk about just the plain and simple foundation of burnout and 10 things I truly believe that if we could do this now, we could end burnout completely in healthcare. So let's dig in. And the first six, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a disclaimer. This is more systemic. The first six, are all about the system. Now, we can't change the system overnight. And in all my keynote talks, we talk about how the world is toxic. Burnout will always exist, not just in your career, but you always are flirting with burnout in your relationships, in parenting, in hobbies, and other jobs. Burnout is a state of mind that is also inundated in a system that can be broken. We can all agree healthcare has its struggles. But since we can't fix the system overnight, we need to help ourselves. And that's what the last four topics are going to be for you. So if you don't feel like listening to me go on about the system and ideas that I think could make impactful change for future doctors, then you can skip to the last four because those are going to be all for you. Things you can do right now to start pedaling back from the brink of burnout. These are evidence-based. These are based in flow neuroscience and things you can do today in the next breath that can help you feel better. But first, I like to just kind of talk about the uh, unfortunate shit show that is the system because we are in it. And even though there are doctors that are wonderfully happy, as most should be, there are many that are suffering right now. Burnout is serious. Burnout is and can be fatal. We lose physicians every year to suicide, a full medical school class worth of physicians. So this topic of burnout is deep. It is dark. And if you are suffering right now, my offer to you is to get help. At the top of the hour, that is one thing I want to underscore is that you're not in this alone. There is not one way through burnout. It is not that simple. It is a complex issue. 
And if you are struggling, I really ask that you reach out to a friend, a therapist, a coworker, and let somebody know that you're struggling so that we can help. There is a way through burnout, and each of us have an opportunity to put that puzzle together and find our own unique solution. So without further ado, let's talk about six things that I think the system of healthcare could implement and vastly improve burnout metrics in our healthcare providers. Number one, if our system would allow doctors the autonomy to choose their schedule, I think we'd be a lot happier. And what I mean by that is some of us aren't morning people. Maybe some of us prefer more of a later schedule at night. Now, I understand if you're a surgeon, you're in anesthesia, there are different lines with which you must operate from. But I'm talking about outpatient doctors here, all of us here in family practice, which are one of the highest burnout rates. And also, everything rolls downhill to family practice. We all can agree to that. We are the ones having to do the prior authorizations to get the quick squeeze-in visit for a pre-op physical because they're scheduled tomorrow. We're the ones doing the permission slips, the doctor's notes. I mean, we handle so much and we're unfairly judged by our value as a doctor based on how good our patients are getting their mammograms or their tetanus shots. So we shoulder an unfair burden of the system. If you were to allow doctors to at least have autonomy in when they start and stop their schedule, what kinds of patients they want to see in the morning versus the afternoon, how long the appointments are, that would go a long way because not everybody can feel fulfilled in a 15-minute visit. And this leads me to number two. If you could help frame our patients' expectations properly, we might not feel so burned out because guess what? Not everybody feels fulfilled in a 15-minute visit. Now, some patients come in and they really do just want that quick, tell me what to do, doc, in and out. I've got my little list of two things and I'm ready to go. That's fine. They might not need but five minutes of our time. But there are patients that save a list of 10 things that they really are struggling with. And our hearts want to help them. But when we are pigeonholed into a 15-minute time slot, And then we are looking bad because we tell the patient, I'm sorry, we didn't know you had all these things and you're going to need to come back. It just makes us feel awful because the system is set up for us to fail. It's set up for us to quickly churn out these visits and it's just physically impossible. So that's step two is just help frame patients' expectations. Tell them that they're going to be talking to a nurse first. Tell them that there's a certain protocol in our clinic on how we can schedule or what's expected in a visit. Please communicate for us. And we aren't that front and center that has that energy to do that for you. The third thing that our system can do to immediately help burnout is allow flexible working conditions for doctors. It's similar to number one, where we allow doctors to have autonomy on their schedule, but I'm talking even more outside-of-the-box solutions, coloring way outside the lines here, borrowing from other industries like academic medicine. Professors get a sabbatical that is paid. Every six years, they're allowed to travel or use that sabbatical for time to explore hobbies and interests. Sometimes they do additional research. Why can't physicians be rewarded in that same way? We can find our joy and get back into flow easier when we know we have a sabbatical. How awesome would that be to have your physician leave to go tour the Galapagos Islands and come back all refreshed and excited with new creativity and a new zest for caring for their patients? Or maybe they want to do mission work and they want to travel. And guess what? 
when you leave your office and your clinic, you don't get paid because there is no such thing as paid vacation in the world of family doctors. But what if there was? What if we allowed a sabbatical for more creative joy and travel? How often would that light up our doctors and make them excited to come back? Another idea for out-of-the-box type of working conditions, job sharing. You know, it's very rare. I'm sure there are some clinics out there that allow that, but it should be more commonplace. With more female physicians, more working moms entering the workforce, we're looking for job sharing. And I remember hearing when I asked for this years ago about a job share, the response I got from my academic, or I'm sorry, my admin um, in our clinic was, well, you'll make less money and it's just, you know, not going to give us the RVUs. Well, RVUs is not how I'm measuring my success. We'll get to that in a second. And sometimes that's not what I want is I I want a life that allows me to be home with my children when I need to. And having a job sharing program that allows people sharing the same patient panel would be amazing. Nurse practitioners do it with their physicians and it's possible. We just need to be more aggressive at allowing these opportunities and not shying away from thinking of all the ways it could go wrong. Number four, the system could help burnout immensely if they could start giving physicians just a tiny bit of business training in, in residency and in medical school. And I'm not saying you have to force it down our throats. There are some of us that don't mind graduating and just being in a system. That was me. I knew that when I graduated, I would have a job somewhere. And I had several. You know, I was very thankful to have a job in Missouri outside an army base when my husband was at Fort Leonard Wood. And then I could easily find a job here in Monroe, Wisconsin. And there's jobs everywhere for an employed doctor. But what if that just doesn't fit right? And you don't know that until you get there. And years down the road, you're thinking, wow, I think I have what it takes to have my own clinic, but I don't have any business skills, right? Imagine if you had some introductory business training for physicians. What a better world that would be with more entrepreneurs, more ways to deliver healthcare and avoid them feeling burned out and isolated and just like another cog in the factory wheel of medicine. Hey, have you visited the Catalyst Way yet? It's an online hub designed just for you, where we spark your creativity, passion, and flow to build your own self-expressive medical career. There's so much to explore inside the Catalyst Way. If you're a functional medicine practitioner, check out our Catalyst Studio Mentorship, your gateway to membership micropractice, with everything you need to grow and scale your functional medicine business, including private mentor sessions, masterminds, access to quarterly legal lounges, and much more. Or peek inside the world's first digital subscription delivery box service that delivers monthly content to make your functional medicine clinic run effortlessly, including customizable infographics, SOPs, templates, and hand-selected mastermind recordings. Or maybe you just want some entertaining and useful CME. You'll find that at the Catalyst Reclamation CME online course. You'll learn neuroscience behind burnout, embrace flow, master your calendar, fortify boundaries, and transform your burnout into boundless energy and joy using our three-step AHA method. It's approved for 10 hours of AMA Category 1 CME. Use the code PODCAST for 10% off. And because I'm a practical mom of three, guess what? 
The Catalyst Way also has tons of freebie content too. My favorite is the Catalyst Compass Quiz, which matches you to an ideal jumpstart strategy to find your spark. But I also love the free Catalyst Calendar Time Management System and Functional Micropractice Checklist. It's all here at the Catalyst Way. Visit drlarasalier.com forward slash catalyst to start coloring outside the lines. We're creating empowered, self-expressive clinicians as catalysts who lead healthcare transformation. Are you a catalyst? Visit drlarasalier.com forward slash catalyst now. So I, mean, I know I'm, I'm down on the system right here. So here's number five. We'll get to what you can do next. But number five, the fifth thing that the system could do to help burnout immediately would be to instill mentoring support from day one. Now, we're not talking your school counselor or academic advisor. We're talking a true mentor. And this would be compensated because we need to reward those physicians and leaders that have great skills that can help inspire those. And they can speak from experience because they've been there. That can save lives. Many physicians are too scared to reach out to their EAP resource, their employee um, programs to help when they're burned out because they are fearful of losing their license, fearful of having that scarlet letter that they are depressed or at risk. And they would much rather stay isolated. The current burnout statistics show the number one thing that physicians do when they're burned out is nothing. They don't go exercise. They don't drink alcohol. They don't see a therapist. They don't talk to a friend. They do nothing because we feel stuck without any view to see that it could get better. But imagine if from day one, as a med student, you have a mentor and then you move to a residency, you have another mentor, and then you go to your new job, which you need it the most. And you have a mentor that's assigned to you. Imagine almost like a match.com or Tinder. You can swipe left or right. You can get paired with somebody who maybe is also a working mom, but just a few rungs up on the ladder than you are. And they can help you feel not so crazy, not so alone. You could, you could offer to meet with them. You learn some of their hacks to make the clinic run more smoothly. You feel supported. You don't feel so isolated because let me tell you, I asked for that years ago and it's not there. There is no mentoring program. You might offer, oh, I'll grab a cup of coffee with you. But when you're busy and you have your own family and that mentor has their own family, it has to be a dedicated program. And other industries do this. Other workforce industries have mentoring. Why can't physicians also incorporate this to save lives, to help with burnout, to notify those that might need a little bit more help and get them connected sooner? So number six, the last thing that I can see, which is not an all-inclusive list, of course, but the system needs a lot of help. And here's the sixth thing that I can see that if they did this today, had a magic wand, we could fix burnout, is use our electronic medical records in the way they were intended. This has become a bloated mess because originally they were going to make our lives easier. I remember paper charts where you couldn't write down something about a patient because the nurse had the chart in another room and and the medical assistant just looked over that stack and didn't find the chart. And it was really a hot mess. You couldn't, you had to delay. I remember keeping little post-it notes of the things I needed to put in the chart once I could locate it. So EMR was this wonderful holy grail that we could all access it at the same time and co-chart and 
and be inside a medical record and it would be in one place. How wonderful, right? Well, now we have these inbox abilities that are just bloated and inefficient. So not only are there messages, but then there's also refills and prior auths and other direct inbox messages and then other messages about labs and then high lab alerts. And so now we have this category of 12 different topics that we need to check. And so doctors now are so worried about missing something. Everything gets this white noise approach because we just can't keep up. And so imagine if you could use EMR in a flow-centric way where a message would go in and instead of just getting punted to the doctor's inbox, the nurse would actually address, take care of it, um, the medical assistant. We had a, a workflow organization chart and the EMR could help us. And this is where I think AI comes in, where it can look and spot things that are inconsistent or ways that it could help leverage and help us think ahead, auto-populating parts of the notes. I really think that healthcare is on the brink of really good standardization. But in this dark time of medicine, these doctors are paying the price of having just this repulsive feeling when they look at their screen of way too many messages instead of having it a flow-channeled way where we have ownership of messages. We have set expectations on what is allowed inside a portal message, what isn't allowed, what deserves a visit, what is emergent and what can wait a while. All these different workflows and flow charts that could be in an AI model that could help patients get care faster. I can imagine and, and envision a little chat bot that you can talk to. And if a patient says, I have a bloody nose, I need help, I need an appointment. Well, maybe they don't. Maybe some of our old school tricks, like a couple squirts of, you know, Afrin up the nose and pinch it a certain way and put an ice pack on your nose, maybe that can take care of it. But instead, they're in the phone lines waiting for an appointment. They're scared. Most of the time, our, our patients just need some reassurance. And if we can use AI and leverage that kind of reassurance and connect them to the right information and get them to that front desk when they do need that appointment, I can imagine we can make a lot of happier patients as well. Because I know I've been there when you know patients are finally in front of me, they're in the office and their problem is solved and they didn't know what to do. So they just kept the appointment and there's so much inefficiency in that, right? We can do better. So that was the six things that I thought of at the top of my head that the system could do better to alleviate burnout. Let's get into the last four things that you can do right now, because that's the most important. So these four things you can do. If you are feeling out of control, you have no autonomy, then let's have you take back control. And the one thing you can do right now to take back control is to start looking at your calendar. I know it sounds simplistic, but it really is effective because this feeling of hopelessness and the lack of control is very contagious into every part of your life. So if you're in a clinic or a hospital and you feel like you have no autonomy, you're going to go home and you're going to carry that feeling with you. And you're going to feel like you have no autonomy in your relationships, in your hobbies, in your scheduling and whatever that is, that dynamic. So you can reverse that and start taking tiny bits of control back in your calendar. Think of things like waking up 10 minutes early to do a little journaling, to sing, to sit in the shower longer, to meditate, whatever it is for you. If you do that, just that tiny little vote that that time is yours, you're taking back control, that also is contagious. And you start finding more ways to be autonomous in other areas of your life. 
And if right now the calendar seems too formidable, just take back control by learning some breath work. Because in a moment in time, you can change your whole internal physiology by learning breath work, like the physiologic sigh, which is one inhalation and then another second inhalation, hold, and then a long exhalation that can literally change your inner physiology in a moment so that you're not spiraling down that rabbit hole of feeling like you can't control anything and you have no autonomy. You can start by taking back control of your breath and then maybe graduating up to those tiny snippets in your calendar that only belong to you. And maybe it's sitting in a parking lot, your head on the steering wheel, eating a bag of Doritos because somebody else has your kids and you're just going to be a little late to daycare that day. That's okay. I'm not judging. So the second thing, if you find yourself feeling depersonalized and you're feeling like you can't even see where you are in your day-to-day career and what you do doesn't matter, then I want you to find yourself literally find yourself. This means dust off those values. Where can you see your values echoed in the tasks of your day, right? Maybe your shift in the ER means that you saved a toddler's life that day, right? Or maybe your full day in family practice is paying for an upgraded room at your next vacation. Whatever your values are, be clear on that. Find yourself in your values and revisit that often so that you can understand where you do show up in those day-to-day occurrences. And dust off your hobbies. That's where you can find yourself deeply. What did you like to do when you were eight and nine? Find an adult equivalent. Because that is what makes you, you. Your hobbies enliven you. It provides connection. You might meet other people. Just because you've made it into the world of medicine doesn't mean that that is your only focus. Being a well-rounded and just a live human being is more important than just a robot. Okay, third, I want you to get out your highlighter. And what I mean by that, now, come on. If you're like me, you probably had a dozen colorful highlighters in medical school. So get them out again. But this time, I want you to highlight what is going right in your life. When you feel hopeless, the best antidote is gratitude. Even if it's gratitude for above zero degrees, because right now it's in the middle of January here in Wisconsin when I'm filming this and we've had negative degrees. So even a little bit of gratitude that you can see the sun. And it sounds very Pollyanna-ish, but there are tons of studies that support gratitude is a healing method that helps you pedal back from hopelessness and from burnout. So start a small gratitude journal. Highlight your accomplishments, whether it's professional or personal. Did you get up today and take a shower? Great. That's a highlight, right? Did you meditate for five days straight? Wonderful. Are you on the leaderboard at Peloton? If you're on the leaderboard, you're probably towards the bottom like me. Maybe not. But if you're at the top, great. Highlight that. But keep those other little pieces of evidence that you matter, like those thank you notes you get from patients. Keep those in a drawer. And when you feel hopeless, like what you're doing isn't helping, read those thank you notes. Get out the highlighter so you can highlight where you're making a difference. And finally, the last thing that you can do to help yourself pedal back from burnout right now is rethink your vocabulary words. No, refeel them. Where do they show up in your body? And what I mean by that is 
work. We say that work is hard, but does it have to be hard? What if it's easy? What if it's joyful? Success. Sometimes we think success means high income, high RVUs, a trip to Europe. But what if success is just getting home to see your kid off the school bus? What if success means you sleep eight hours a night? So think of these vocabulary words and they can help. Rest. We, we fear rest. It had, you know, I, I'll sleep when I'm dead. But what if rest is healing? And it's a gift to give yourself so that you can be more productive the next day. Or that you just deserve rest. Think of words like boundary. Instead of like a wall of what you won't do or what you will do, think of it like a teeny little fence of love around your energy. It helps protect you from depleting your energy and feeling more powerful. And finally, the word creativity. It is not for those talented few. It is not something that's bestowed from a muse. Creativity is medicinal. It's powerful. It lowers, it lowers your cortisol. It helps you feel good. Even just doodling can help interact with your amygdala and help regulate emotions so that you aren't triggered as easily. So really rethink that vocabulary words in your life and see if you can redefine success, redefine work, redefine rest and boundaries and creativity and tap into what makes you feel alive because we need more of you in healthcare. We need to redesign healthcare with more creativity and less burnout and you're along on the ride with me as a catalyst. If you'd like to learn more, I have a new catalyst archetype quiz. So I'd like you to head to my website, drlarasalier.com, and you can find out which archetype you are. Are you a rock? Are you a river? Are you a wind? Are you a flame? Each of these archetypes have different connections to play. So you will learn your ideal adult play activity, and you'll learn what your most likely risk of burnout can be so that you can highlight that. It'll give you a two-page strategy that you can keep and download and use every day to reconnect your inner creative muse and invite more play into your day. So thank you for listening to these 10 things, my 10 wish list of things that could help fix burnout if we could all listen. But you know what? It isn't going to be fixed in our life. We are building pyramids, right? So the pyramids are not going to be done until long after we're gone. And our healthcare system is not going to be fixed until long after we're gone. But it doesn't mean that we need to just sit back and be victims. We need to be proactive. Take care of yourself. Try some of these things on this 10 bullet list. Let me know. Talk to me on social media. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. I'd love to hear how you help yourself through burnout. And especially, how do you practice the sixth vital sign of creativity? Because we all deserve to feel alive and joyful. Until next time, keep coloring outside the lines. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Catalyst Podcast. My vision is a world without burnout. And my mission is to teach 1 million medical professionals how to tap into creativity and flow to increase joy and well-being. We all deserve a medical career that is self-expressive, unique, and creative. You can help by signing up for my newsletters. One of my highest values is gratitude, so I love giving back. And each newsletter is gamified. The more you share, the more you win. 
it's easy to sign up. Just go to drlarasalier.com forward slash win. Thank you for coloring outside the lines with me.